Go. Welcome one <laughs> and welcome all. We are here on episode 131 of Berry Flow Upstream, and it is the first day of 2017. How are you guys doing? Tired. J James, like I could finally got better early last night. Let me tell you. <laughs> I I could finally ask James how he's doing tonight. He's normally the one that asks us how we're doing. So James, what did you do last night? Anything crazy? Nothing crazy, man. Um, today, this morning, went to like a golf, top golf uh, facility here in, that just opened in Jacksonville, and it's a lot of fun. I think I like threw myself out though, which uh, sounds like I'm taking the trash, but uh, yeah, I threw my like, I don't know, it just feels weird, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Surprisingly uh, high tech. Like, is that Internet of Things when like the golf balls have sensors and stuff like that? I mean, uh, I think so. <laughs> Blackberry needs to get on it for all the golf guys out there. <laughs> This is the first day of 2017. Like, are you guys like so happy to be done with 2017, uh, 16 rather? I mean, I'm I'm so pleased that we're beyond last year. Man, I don't know. I just I just, I just it's the it same. All as, like, it's another day. Yeah, it's just another day. Like, I don't know. And it's it, this whole thing. Like, oh, you know, let's make a New Year's resolution, and we're gonna start things off right. I think 95% uh, of New Year's resolutions are ended on the 15th of January. And that's like a, a legitimate statistic. So. How about you just like try and do something uh, like lose weight or whatever you want to do? I'm not saying anything about you, James or Chris. I'm just saying that's what a lot of people like to do. I think if James or I lost any more, yeah, that would actually be disappear. Pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I'd be as thin as the D Tech 60. That was a <laughs> really bad joke. Um, in 2016, I'm doing things. Uh, 2016, 2017, I'm doing things big. So these are my new. This is my new jug. This is this is. Uh, this is Milo's, and it's not an advertisement or anything, but Milo's is freaking delicious, let me tell you. Milo's is great. You know what else is great? Blackberry. And I hope they take the uh, the cadence there and also go big in 2017. It seems like it's kind of like a, a dull year overall, right? I did a year in review, and I'm like, holy crap, this has been the most boring year ever <laughs> uh, in terms of Blackberry news. Blaze, I don't know if you look back, but is there anything like really, really impactful? I mean, like it's interesting because a lot of the interesting stuff that happened in – 2016 for BlackBerry happened like in the last month or two, you know, in the last quarter, so to speak. So it was just kind of weird. It was a pretty docile year for BlackBerry, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, we went through that on the last upstream as well. And I don't know, the only thing that I came out, out of was like the good acquisition and basically all the stuff with the... the it CL. happened in 2015, actually. Oh, right. Wow. Exactly. Literally nothing yeah. happened in 2016. The last acquisition they made was encryption. That was like the, to start the year. They did see, you know, CES Mobile World Congress type stuff. Like, and then nothing. Like, it was pretty dry. It was really crazy. Like, nothing happened for BlackBerry. Like, literally the TCL, DTEC 50, DTEC 60, like, all that stuff is 2016. It's it's outsourcing. It's going other places. It's BBM stuff. I mean, really, really interesting that it's been really just a focus here. They've been working, right? BlackBerry just work, work, work. And I mean, we're going to actually see the fruits of that labor literally next week, later th later this week, you know. So I'm excited to see what CES 2017 has to bring, not only just for BlackBerry, but just like mobile in general. I think connectivity and all that stuff is going to be really, really important. Like IoT is going to have a real presence at CES this year, be it in the smart cars or the home, smart home, Google Home, Alexa type devices. I mean, it's going to be interesting, sure. I still am not quite sold on like a, a home thing. And then when we put that in the scope of security, like... I hear there's like the, the the police are subpoenaing, uh, you know, yeah. voice recording, Alexa and stuff like that. Like that's kind of weirds me out about the whole thing. And there's no oversight when you make that purchase, right? About what access they're really truly 
is on, on mobile devices that are you know iot internet connected no and i think it keeps coming back to that thing where we need to give up our own you know you know what we're doing day to day um and just privacy in general to get more functionality and there's actually a, a page you can go to on google i think it's like forward slash activity or something and every single time you've said okay google um it actually it actually <laughs> plays it back for you and then in addition to that you can actually hear that like there's some things that happened before it so it's actually listening before you said okay you know so if you're in a conversation with someone and Uh-oh. if you just want to record like something you can really quickly just say the words in, into your phone and then later you can go and listen to like 10 seconds prior to that and after that and it just shows our phones are always listening to us it's always it's, listening it, exactly yeah. and, and you know it's scary and you know you need to have privacy with that and security with that and talking about the subpoena a bit i think that was over there was like a murder case or something right and they were going to alexa to be like hey you know they it was obviously always listening so maybe we can figure out a little bit more information about this and it's it's very strange because in one side it's like you know that's really screwed up where we don't have privacy but in another bit it's like you know really it's tough for you to do illegal things then and will that make people be better people overall? Maybe less murders will happen because it's a lot more difficult to get away <laughs> with it. But is is it worth giving you know away our freedom in a sense? And and I think that's like the biggest kind of debate with it. I I'm call not kill anyone Amazon Alexa. I just purchased the Google Home. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, you have yeah. a lower chance of getting murdered now that you have a Google Home. So it's a security <laughs> system in of, of itself. That's ridiculous, but. Literally true. As we get more connected, the oversight from our devices into our activity and daily trends are just going to be crazy. I, I can't wait the day where it's like I call Amazon Alexa to the stand and, yeah. <laughs> and she, they, they put her down and, and we get to talk to her and see what's up. You know, in the scope of BlackBerry, though, I think the automotive is a good place to, to, to look for IoT because at home stuff is kind of lost, I think, on a, on a large populace of people. It's like there are no people really out there these days you know, in the general population who are going to things like smart devices for, you know, their informational needs. I think a lot of it is still good old fashioned web browsing, right? To in Googling and doing it the hard key way. I, I don't think voice is quite there yet for the for the very reasons we've just talked about. But I think when we look at cars and we look at what they are on the road, it seems like a great place to actually start innovating. Like that market, the car market, has been the way it has been since you know, the Model T, like not much has happened really, right? Since the old days, it's four wheels, an engine, and it goes, right? And we and we steer it around. I think there's a lot of smart that can be brought to the car. Blaze, is there anything in particular that you'd like like to see in a vehicle that hasn't really been shown off before? I mean, every year, Blackberry's bringing these cars. I mean, last year they brought, what was, what was it, like a Maserati that all the mirrors were attached to cameras, so you had a wider depth of field and could control it. I mean, that stuff was really cool. Yeah, and I mean, this year they're... They supposedly have like four cars that they're bringing in total to it. Um, one thing to talk about in regard to, you know, automotive and stuff like that is that CES itself has increasingly become an automotive show. So it it, it really is a prime opportunity for BlackBerry and QNX to go ahead and show off what it is that they do in the industry as well. Because as that show, you know, continues to grow into the automotive sector, it's it's a it's a prime spot for them to be able to go ahead and and make some sort of impact and let people know that there is a broader scope there. Like uh, for years, QNX has you know been underneath the dashboard, so to speak, and people don't necessarily know what it is. But now that all of these things are coming to light and they're 
you know, arguably they're, they're, the market is getting more competitive. Um, you know, BlackBerry has the opportunity to go ahead and, and show these things off. Um, I guess one of the biggest things for me is uh, is not necessarily with autonomous driving or anything like that, but I want to see more heads-up display units and stuff on your windshield that are, are indicators of what's happening within your vehicle and, um, you know, just things that sort of revolve around safety as well. Like, I want the car to know what's, like, further ahead of me to be able to go ahead and tell me, like, hey, you're probably you know, going too fast for to make this turn or whatever, right? Things of that nature would be would be pretty interesting to see. There is a child five meters ahead. Did you, did you yeah, see that? exactly. Did you that, guys that, yeah. that's exactly it. Did you guys see the video where the Tesla predicts the accident before it happens? Essentially it was uh behind a car and the car in front of it uh, in front of that car, there's a car that slammed on the brakes and what Tesla does with their newest update is it bounces off um, kind of like a sensor, it bounces off the ground in front of the car. So it can actually sense if the car in front of the car in front of you is slowing down rapidly. So the, the car starts going off and beeping. I, I mean, here's, I'll throw the video on really quick, but you can't hear the beeping or anything, but the car in front of it gets in the accident and the car, you know, the Tesla, it slams on the brakes essentially. Um, it knew the accident was going to happen before even the people in the car knew it. And that's about like security and safety and what I'm interested in and, you know, that's that's the bit that I'm excited about when we're talking about autonomous driving, preventing accidents. In fact, the car knew there was an accident before anyone did, even the car in front of it. You know, yeah. it's pretty wild. Yeah, that's pretty crazy stuff, and that's that's essentially what I was referring to. Not necessarily the Tesla video because I never saw it, but things like that that can mm-hmm. basically help the drivers. Um, I get it. Autonomous driving is interesting, and it sort of takes takes the, the the scope away. But we're still not there yet, right? So, what are we going to do in the meantime that can actually be impactful on drivers and help the situations? Like, you know, distracted driving is still a major problem. Um, you know, people picking up their phones, text messaging, stuff like that. You know, once we reach autonomous driving, that becomes less of a problem. But we're not there yet, so what are we doing in the meantime to be able to go ahead and protect people on the roads in that aspect, right? Yeah. Just just put your phones down, people. That's all we can say, right? Yeah. Distracted driving is like is is a serious thing. And and I feel like that that same microcosm of, of, of what Blaze is talking about in terms of distracted driving, I think it percolates into a lot of what we do with just electronics and period. I think there's distracted living you know, with cell phones and things like that. And I think what when you really focus on what privacy is, it's it's getting away from that stuff. It's putting the technology down and living your life to a degree, you know? And it's going to be nice when we have autonomous driving because you're going to be able to have like a meeting. You're going to be able to be very productive in this, in transit because you're free to do and live a little bit more than you were instead of just kind of in the grind and in the in the whole string of things in terms of where you're going you're gonna actually be able to enjoy where you are and i think there's so many cool things that can come of that and you think of productivity and security for blackberry there's a lot that blackberry could do to potentially offer in-car services i mean we saw them partner qnx with a what was it obigo obigo uh for browser uh enhancements in the vehicle for HTML5 and a nicer platform to build into the vehicle and kind of sharing some of the teams there. I think that stuff is really positive because that opens up the gates for you to really access a lot of rich types of media and services and do it in a cross-platform way, you know, where you can get one service on your phone and then one service in your car and they be kind of cross-compatible uh, with one another. Just some things to think about. 
four cars at CES is going to be interesting. They had two last year, I believe. They had the the Jeep Wrangler uh, and then the Mercedes, if if memory serves. Or maybe I'm thinking two years back. It'd be interesting to see what the fourth, you know, the third and fourth kind of cars are. I'd love them to bring like radar there too. Like <laughs> I know it doesn't quite fit, but. You can imagine radar as something you could put on a car. Like, who's to say it has to be a trailer so much as maybe a, another type of shipping vehicle as well? You know, they have those big vans that you know people use for shipping. Imagine putting something like that on there too. I wonder if we're going to see more IoT stuff like that come about. Definitely some interesting stuff. So, what do you guys think for BlackBerry? Where do you think they should really be focusing? Because they are a software company, right? So where do you think the big advancements are going to come? Like BlackBerry UEM, this endpoint management system. What do you see that really connecting to? Do you think they're just going to go for more accounts? I mean, they're basically getting a solid 3,000 plus enterprise accounts a quarter. I mean, how do they really, really grow that business? Yeah, I think they definitely need to to basically get above 3,000. I mean, I think it was like 3,300, but that's mm-hmm. just you know being pedantic. Um, you know, they... They need to basically go ahead and amp that stuff up. I mean, 3,300 accounts is great, and it shows that they they have the capability to add add people on. But in the law, in the the grand scheme of things, 3,300 accounts isn't necessarily a lot either. Um, yeah. Especially when you're targeting everything like Windows computers, iPhones, iPads, Android, like 3,300 accounts. But you know how many devices are on the end of those 3,300 accounts as well. I guess that's that's something that you you probably have to factor in because if one of those accounts has like five thousand devices, then you know you're you're connecting to a lot of stuff at that point. But again, thirty three hundred accounts is just a relatively small number um, in terms of the amount of businesses and operations that are out there that could essentially be utilizing the services. You know, yeah, um, not not even at a device level, just at a company level, like. How many companies out there could essentially use these services if they uh, were able to go ahead and expand upon it, right? I mean, 3,300, and this is, I mean, they're focusing on enterprise, right? And enterprise, I think, is 1,000-plus employees. So, you know, there's small business, medium businesses. If they're focusing on enterprise, I'm sure they have some medium businesses out of this 3,300. It's probably not exclusively enterprise, but, you know, these are probably big accounts. And we might be talking about they brought 300,000 users or, you know, endpoints on board. Um, But I guess, you know, what's the value for each endpoint and then per each user and everything? Yeah, um, they need to they need to get sales teams together doing the small business talk because I feel like that's where it's really flexible now, especially because as Blaze mentioned, they they cover you know all t- sorts of devices. I mean, that's something succinct and simple that it's one management console instead of multiple ones or get it too crazy or siloing the whole organization off into one space. But I guess that might be easy in a small business, right? To just go with one solution. There's there's and there, the thing is there's a lot of competition in small business. There's so many tools accessible right now, and that's like where Google is focusing in these other companies and um, something that I just saw recently was you used to need an Apple push certificate so an AP uh, S or C APC whatever and that made it kind of a pain so pretty much if I had everyone on G Suite and I want to set up an iPhone on it as well I would have to install an Apple push certificate which is just one more step and a pain in the butt well they just got rid of that recently you no longer to get basic functionality for able to like lock phone wipe phone couple things like that you no longer need the certificate, which means that you can get an iPhone running on 
G Suite mobile device management a lot easier. The easier things like this become, you know, we're talking about $5 per user per month. That's really affordable, really cheap. And for now, now think of BlackBerry, for them to go to the small business area and try and get 10 users on board, that's like a small business. So we're talking about, you know, they have to compete with, with someone else that can only charge, you know, 50 bucks a month, which is nothing. So it's like, does it even make sense for them to focus on that? Because they're going to probably have to come yeah. in and, and be at, you know, $10, $20 per user for, per month to make any sense at all. It just doesn't make sense for them. There's a potential kind of gateway, though. I mean, if they if they can then lock them into the platform and then sell up services like the Hub Plus Suite and things like that, then there's smaller recurring revenue, but then at least you get more users on board. And then potentially as that business grows, they think, hmm, we're already on UEM and UEM can scale with us. You know, as opposed to maybe capping out at a certain place and then needing to then migrate your system to something bigger, broader, and more advanced. And I think that's about usability too. Like if they can easily set up as um, or what what is it named now? Black UEM. Yeah, UEM. Um, if that's easy for for small business owners, just go set up because a lot of small businesses they don't have an IT person. So something like Google, they can go and set up super easily. But if there's any bit of complexity whatsoever then, you know, it just starts getting so expensive. And I understand, um, yes, it would be great to get into small, medium-sized businesses, but the time investment and the cost associated with it, it, it just might not make sense at all. Yeah. And the sales teams, I mean, investing in those guys to actually do the groundwork yeah. is, is definitely expensive for the return being relatively, you know, small. And, and it, you know, it makes, and the support too. Don't yeah, forget yeah, about yeah. the support that comes with this. It, it, they it got twenty four seven Blaze. What's the number, Blaze? What's the number? One eight seven seven Blackberry. But it it does make sense to focus on enterprise because it's also a higher barrier to entry to get in. And when someone in enterprise, like imagine a company, I think of of these other kind of things. So like Salesforce pretty much owns the enterprise space. They don't care much about small and medium business because enterprise, all of their data is in it. People are used to using it. So imagine like a 3,000 person company. Everyone's used to the way that it functions and it works. There's a huge cost of change there. So if you just get them sold on enterprise and get your foot in the door and they'll stick with it, they, they probably won't switch because there's a huge cost of switching. So I, I think it makes sense for them to focus, say, on enterprise. Why even go after small, maybe medium business? I mean, it depends. But ignore small business because they're, they're just going to waste so much time and it just doesn't seem like it's, it makes sense for them for what their platform can do. It's just, it, it's, you know, their platform is built for enterprise. Bringing enterprise mm-hmm. to a small business doesn't even make sense a lot of the time. Yeah. No one wants BBM enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> Someone does. Someone yell at me, right? So, so tell me your company's using it and uh, I'll recant. You know, Slack. I got this. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At last podcast, you guys show, uh, saw me showing off my DTEC 60s U-Carbon skin. I actually did a, like a full review and a little video, and I'm really pleased with those skins. I mean, where, regardless of where you get your skins, I think it's a good investment for a DTEC 60 device in particular. The one I got was like extra grippy. I found that was really, really nice because I may have broken a, a DTEC 60 or something like that along the way. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the grip is definitely nice. I think something else is it feels... I've been trying to shoot this DTEC 60 video for like the past two weeks, and I got tons of footage, and I'm just kind of like sitting it, sitting it all down in Premiere and, and going through it all. And it is so hard to film a phone that is reflective on both sides. Mm-hmm. So like throwing the skin on like totally cuts out any reflection because there's no glass on the back, and you can get cleaner shots that way. I know a small thing for a lot of people out there, but 
Here's my my question to you guys, because if you look at 2016 and some of the top smartphones, almost all of them were all metal bodies. Do you think we're past the point of having like dual glass and, and that being premium? Do you think phones in the, in the next, you know, this year right now are going to be more focused on having that premium and elegant experience through glass on glass or accomplishing that with a mixture? I mean, look at the Pixel, the OnePlus 3T. There's a lot of devices, even the, uh, you know, this S7 Edge. There's a lot of metal going on to really bring that device together and, and some of these other ones. Do you think premium is going to keep going toward the glass on glass or head more toward this metal uh, th- body frame? I, you kind of needed to go back to glass because when you're talking about, you know, the future and that Mi 1 device or, or whatever it was, the full front, I mean, I know it was made out of ceramic or whatever, but ceramic's very brittle, so if you drop that thing, it's going to crack. Uh, you know, glass will too. But um, the future, like if you just look at all these shows and things, and they're showing like the future, like check out Westworld. You know, there it's just a glass slab, and you open up the glass, and you know it it's just glass. And I feel like that that kind of is what things will be because you know glass can be a screen. You really can't make metal be a screen, or until you can, um, I don't know. Alex is talking about Wex World. I'm talking about 2017, man. What are we looking at next? All, all glass phones? Are we going to be walking it's, around like Tony no, Stark? It, 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 like, <laughs> even some of the rumors of the iPhone, the next iPhone. Like, I think the full front's going to just be all glass. And so it's, you think 2017, the year where we ditch the bezels, basically? Yeah, I think it's ditching the bezels, yeah. maybe doing some curved screens. I know, you know, curve is, is kind of... I don't even know, like, what the curve status is of king. curve is. I Like, whatever. But, yeah, I think, I think this is the year that, that, you know, the me device which had like no bezels on the front and that was like the future so i think it's going to be the years of of these companies trying that i just don't want that i mean one of the things i really disliked about the samsung s7 edge and i like that phone by the way is that it was just there were navigation buttons on a tiny bezel Mm-hmm. all the way at the bottom of the phone and this thing's 5.5 inches so i don't know if uh it was just me having smaller hands than normal or, or whatnot me having trump hands or <laughs> or just the device but for me bringing myself all the way down there all the way down whereas like on a device like the detect 60 there's a bezel to bring the the navigation up a little bit from the bottom i, I appreciate that in the phone it makes it more comfortable to use whereas like I don't know. I just the way I pick up a DTX60 versus the S7 Edge was totally different, and also fingerprint sensors in different places and stuff like that. But I think aesthetics, man, you got to have aesthetics over functionality. Probably the nicest looking phone yeah. of 26. You you have one for a bit. I mean, it's just a nice looking piece of kit, yeah. and even the Note even looked amazing. And I know people who's just holding on to it because they don't want to, <laughs> they don't want to explode for one, and they don't want to. <laughs> I'm not going to charge it ever, but. uh and also just because it was, it was a gorgeous looking phone. I'm, I'm interested to see if Samsung just like, if I was Samsung, right, I would totally never do another Note, but bring all the Note features over to like the Galaxy. Because all the phones are big anyway, you know, just make one really good phone and kind of n- never look back, never look back on the Note fiasco. Like, you know, just kind of move on from it and take the best of and, and do something better. But I'm interested to see how many devices TCL can bring to the table. Because we've heard smartphones in plural quite a few times, and we've seen some leaks as well on Twitter that the Mercury device is going to potentially be coming to Verizon. Now, we have to take that with a, a little little grain of salt, right, Blaze? Because a lot of times BlackBerry will build those files in but not necessarily actually leverage the partnership with the carrier. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, just think about it. What did they announce for Sprint? <laughs> And never actually released the BlackBerry Priv. I mean, those BlackBerry, yeah. I mean, all throughout BlackBerry 10, 
and even throughout the priv file structure, basically, if you go looking for any of the stuff in there, um, you know, you can find information from pretty much every carrier, even carriers that they never actually released the devices on. So it's kind of, eh, it's kind of, eh, wait and Hopefully. see approach because, I mean, look at the situation with, um, with Verizon and the Priv and, and previous BlackBerry devices as well, too. Um, they've kind of got a little bit of a cold shoulder <laughs> previously, so don't don't count on one person's structure. I, I can't John, John Chen saying on BNN, our friends at Verizon, which is like his version of saying our com- competition at Verizon because they're both in the asset tracking space. It's yeah. like BlackBerry, as they head into this, this new brave new world, is, is going to be causing enemies more more uh head-to-head with some of the other bigger players in the market too which is good that they have a partner like tcl on board in terms of models do you think we're gonna see like another two or three phones i mean if you think about 2016 we saw two devices from tcl right if in if in 2017 they also have two <coughs> devices you know a keyboard and an all touch like i'd be totally happy with that i really don't need more than that to be totally honest i mean one at the beginning of the year one at the end of the year something similar to that i think would be a fine kind of setup and strategy but i don't want them to go too hard either you know <laughs> you got the you got the licensing brands for blackberry like you know don't go crazy saturating the brand with just a bunch of devices that no one cares about right like spend time on just a couple and, and get it right i'm yeah. interested some of the specs we've seen are or, or seen really like reconfirmed, so to speak, are, are really interesting. The fact that the screenshot that was posted doesn't have any of the actual uh, net home navigation buttons or anything like that, I found very interesting. So we're looking at a panel. The device is going to run Nougat, Android 7, coming in at 1620 by 1080p resolution. That's 420 DPI. And we're not seeing any home screen navigation buttons in that screenshot. So a lot of the other things preserved there from what it looks like. We still have the uh, side uh, battery edge and the pop-up widgets and things like that. But how do you guys feel about capacitive buttons on a BlackBerry running? It just seems weird. Like I feel like Android Nougat and capacitive buttons are like totally against one another in in terms of form. Uh, Do you guys think you could get into capacitive buttons? I mean, they were... I'll say when I had them on my S7 Edge, it was nice-ish because you'd put the phone sideways. And something I didn't like is that on a normal, normal, normal phone, a normal Android with no actual capacitive or home screen navigation buttons, those buttons disappear and they'll actually transition with the UI depending on how you have your device oriented. So it was nice to have like a dedicated place where I could go to hit back or hit multitasking even when the phone was in any position, which I thought was kind of nice something we may get here on the Mercury. But overall, Blaze, do you feel like that's something that we need, a capacitive uh, multitasking button like that? Um, I mean, for me personally, it comes down to the form factor of the device itself. If the form factor, you know, makes it feel as though the capacitive button should be there, then yeah, you know, it makes sense to go ahead and put them there. Um, But, you know, when it comes down to... Uh, a device like the DTEK60, the, the, the DTEK60 doesn't really require them. It can function perfect, perfectly fine without any of the capacitive buttons or anything like that there. So, you that's know, funny. It, it, that's funny. Priv, Priv can function perfectly fine without the keyboard, right? But it's there. <laughs> right, exactly. And it, it, 
I don't know. It's one of those things where it comes down to the use case scenario and whether or not it actually fits the device. Mm -hmm. If you're just sticking the buttons there because you want to have buttons on the device, then no. But if the form factor calls for it or if it feels as though that the form factor should have them there, then why not put them there, right? I don't yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's a step backward or you know a step forward in in either direction it just depends on on the device itself and whether or not you know the usability of said device can be improved by actually having them there Definitely I, I, I mean I think it lends itself to like now that you have like physical buttons um, having capacitive buttons in addition to it doesn't seem that far off or like that big of a deal um, when you have capacity, especially with the with the, the classic too. Yeah, yeah. When you think about the tool belt yes. and the classic, and like yep. what this device is a successor to for a lot of people, yeah. having like something tactical there, it I think it's probably good at all. Like screen it orientation be, doesn't change. Like nothing changes. You know, if they were somehow able to build a trackpad type into those capacitive buttons and give them like another level of functionality i think that would be cool but i think probably asking for too much well, I mean, look, look at the passport like there's something really cool about the passport the fact that you click into a text field and then that um you know that the the row appears and it kind of changes mm -hmm. things like it in a way it's innovative it's smart it makes sense but for the average person using it, they're probably going to be a bit confused for, you know, it takes a bit to get used to it, especially changing in like the alt key and to make characters pop up or when you're typing characters are on that line and it changes. So it's like you don't know when what's going to pop up. So, yes, it's intuitive and it does work when it should. You now have to learn how the system thinks that it should work for you. And it, it, there's a little bit of confusion that comes with that. Definitely. I'm looking forward to and we're going to get this news by like next week so next episode we'll be able to really dig into whatever it is tcl actually touts and i'm hoping we get to see a little bit more of the i'd say the flavor of the partnership you know and and how all of that really is going to roll out because i think we've been a little bit surprised with how tc has kind of taken the reins of controlling the messaging here and i think that's something positive to look forward to as well yeah, i think i think honestly that's the biggest thing that actually come out of there mm -hmm. because the device is coming no matter what but it really right. it, when this when when the information comes out, it's going to have to come with at least a little bit more acknowledgement of what the agreement actually means in the long term, right? Because there's a lot of different structures and things that have been said thus far in terms of how the device is going to roll out. BlackBerry says one thing. TCL says one thing. Mm -hmm. The rumors all point to something else. And, um, and Alcatel does something totally different. <laughs> yeah, I you mean, know? if... If we go by go by some of the rumors, then there's a chance that the Mercury could end up in Indonesia. Well, how the hell does that work? Because we already know that there's an Indonesian device being created as well. So is that Indonesian device just another variation of the Mercury? Is it actually just a, another device in itself, something entirely different from the Mercury? It's just a, a totally weird scenario, weird time at this point for, for any sort of device information um you can't even you can't even like rely on whatever blackberry says anymore because when you take a look at the, the entire situation <laughs> they don't know either i mean <laughs> they're building a device no yeah they're gonna they're gonna put our brand on it cool uh, they get the review unit and they're like oh man i'm gonna get a youtube new review of this right now <laughs> Definitely that's, that's been a very interesting year. I'm actually looking forward to is like finding out a little bit more of that information because, like I said, the, we we know the device is coming at some point in time. Is just right. how do how is will it, it come, will it come with the A21 or not? No. It's yeah. Not. Don't 620, 625. 
we had, and also at the end of January, at the end of this month, we're going to be celebrating four years of BlackBerry 10. We did a nice little summary of 2016 year in review on Veriflow. You can check out some of the highlights. That's where we got radar. We talked about how BBM is better than Snapchat and inferral messaging. We compared S7, iPhone 7, and DTEK60, and a bunch more things in that post. So go check it out. Learn about the QNX Autonomous Vehicle Innovation Center as well, which we're probably going to be hearing more about in 2017. Yep. All right, Alex, let's wrap it up. Let's show them to this after show. Let's, let's talk about the Mercury in a more candid way, right? Because there's a lot of ways they can mess this device up, and, and hopefully they don't, right? Oh, absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks so much for spending your New Year's night with us. Uh, enjoy your time off if you have off of work tomorrow. Whatever. Have some fun and Happy New Year's, everyone. See you later. Take care, guys.